therefore our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from thee, and from thy hand we have given thee. For we are sojourners before thee, and tenants, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided to build thee a house for thy holy name, it is from thy hand, and all is thine. Since I know, O my God, that thou Christ the heart and delightest in uprightness, I, in, in the integrity of my heart, have willingly offered all these things. So now with joy I have seen thy people, who are present here, make their offerings willingly to thee. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of thy people, and direct their hearts to thee, and give to my son Solomon a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do them all, and to build the temple for which I have made provision. It's a shame that uh, we don't know First Chronicles better, isn't it? <laughs> Prayers like this are just awesome. Um, David is praising God before the assembly. This is, uh, I guess, uh, you know, maybe his closing prayer or whatever. But look at 10 to 13. What does he do in that part of the prayer? God. Absolutely. And uh, he praises him for what? All that he's given him and his control over everything. He praises him for his greatness, power, glory, victory, majesty, riches, honor, rule, power, might, etc. He pretty much ransacks the dictionary to find uh, words that are powerful enough to give God praise like he deserves. God is everything. He's as great as you can get. Everything in the heavens and the earth is God's. He is the ruler. He's got the dominion. He's the exalted one. I'll tell you, in various forms, the word all is, is found, or other words like that that intensify frequently in this prayer. And uh, David sees that all that he is and has, and all that everybody is and has, comes from God. Look at the end of verse 12. It lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. David sees the, the, the things that he does in his life as being the acts of God throughout his life. Um, and he sees that God deserves thanks and he praises his glorious name. So this is, you know, just praising God. Um, just, just admiring the greatness of God and how God's greatness has blessed his life. I think we don't do as well as we ought to praising God. We thank Him, sort of, but we need to praise Him more. We need to express more our admiration at His greatness and might and majesty. Comments through verse 13. One thing that a teacher does as he does in Old Testament poetry classes requires every student to write a poem. Oh, cool. Could you do it? Probably wouldn't hurt. Uh, we would probably tend to 
recoil from this, but you know what probably wouldn't hurt us if we wrote out some prayers now and then. You know, I think one of the things that I struggle with is that I don't think enough in connection with praying, and so my prayers become sort of stale and repetitious and not a very good expression of real praise to God. And uh, the Psalms are written prayers, and there would be nothing wrong with us doing that now and then. What about 14 to 16, what's David saying in his prayer? Yes. Therefore, what's he saying? He is thanking and praising God for the generosity they were able to give to God. Now, how would we do that? What if you had just a tremendous contribution at church? Would you expect somebody to get up the next Sunday and tell everybody, we are just so proud of you guys for having sacrificed so much and given so generously? Well, what would David have said? Thank God for this generosity. Praise God for the abundance that has been given. I think that's just such an interesting thing. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you. And from your hand we've given you. So when he sees the generous offering, he's moved to thank and praise God. Because he sees it comes from God. It is God's. And we need so much more to give credit and praise to God and not break our arm patting ourselves on the back. And, uh, you know, we need to see that everything we have is God's. Notice verse 16, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we provided to build you a house for your holy name, it is from your hand, and all is yours. What's the purpose of the house? It's to honor God. Now, again, what would we have said when we got done with this seven-year project building this temple? Look at this wonderful architectural marvel that we have built. Can you believe we did this? No, this was not a temple to glorify and honor Solomon or David or the people of Israel. This was a house to honor God. It, we, we really hurt ourselves when we focus so much on honoring ourselves and our own status, and we don't give God the glory He deserves. And so this prayer can help us think properly about these things. You can see David is expressing the things we ought to feel in a situation like this, but I, I'm not sure I would have felt these kinds of things. And then in 17 to 19, what's he saying? Yes. What's the operative word in 17 and 19? Yeah, oh, that's true. I'm thinking about heart. You know, verse 17, you try the heart, you delight in the integrity of my heart, 
because we've offered willingly. Therefore, verse 18, God, preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of your people, direct their heart to you, and give to my son Solomon a perfect heart to obey you and to build the temple. David sees that, number one, God's concerned about the heart, and number two, God is the one that provides the good heart. You ever heard anybody say that the Old Testament was kind of external and the New Testament deals with the heart? Well, that's not in the majority true, I don't think. And uh, certainly a passage like this is really helping us see that, that David understood very much what was needed was a good heart and a willing heart, and he praised to God that the people in Solomon would have that. All right, comments and questions on this prayer through verse 19. Twenty to twenty five. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly bless the Lord, the God of, of their fathers, and God let them get honor to the Lord and to the king. On the next day they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord, one thousand gold for a thousand rams, and one thousand rams with their libation. And sacrifices in abundance for all the people. So they ate and drank that day before the Lord was great glad. Then they Solomon, the son of David, king the second time, and they anointed him as a ruler for the Lord and Zadok the priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord, as king instead of David his father, and his offspring, and all his royal babies. And all the officials, the mighty men, and all his, also all the sons of King David, who the ages to King Solomon. The Lord highly exalted Solomon in the sight of all these things, and showed on him royal majesty, which has not been on anything before him. All right, very good. Um, so they bless God and do him homage. In verse 21, they offer a bunch of sacrifices and serve the Lord with gladness. They make Solomon the king in verse 22. And Solomon reigns instead of David, and people pledge their allegiance to Solomon, and God highly exalts Solomon. So this is Solomon becoming the king. We're making the transition now. David has made all the preparations. He's given the admonitions to Solomon. And now we're transitioning to Solomon becoming the king, uh, which is what we'll start Second uh, Chronicles with, Solomon as king. Comments and questions uh, on this through 25. All right, 26 to 30. Okay, so David reigns, uh, we're kind of finalizing his kingship, 40 years in total, died at a ripe old age, and Solomon reigns in his place. Verse 29 is interesting. You can get more information about King David 
in what places? And? And? Which were three men with pivotal roles in David's life. Right? Think about those three. It's interesting that these three have chronicles that would give us more information about David. Because if you had to pick the three prophets that interfaced with David in critical ways, surely it would have to be these three, Samuel, Nathan, and Gad. Samuel because he anointed him king. Nathan because... But not in Chronicles. Yeah, told him not to build it, but gave the great promise of God that God would build him a house that would last forever. That's a key chapter, key promise. And Gad? Anybody remember how Gad interfaced with David? His sin of numbering the people, getting David to offer the sacrifice on the threshing floor of Ornan that became the site for the temple. So we link with the, David becoming king in Samuel, Nathan with the great promise to David about his uh, eternal kingship, and Gad with the uh, temple site. So those become the three prophets that wrote more about David. You can check their writings. We don't have their writings. Well, maybe, I don't know if, if uh, our books of Samuel have is anything as to what he had in mind or not, but we certainly don't have any books of Nathan or Gad. Uh, but those works at that in that day would have given more information about him. Anything you want to say about First Chronicles? I don't have any. The Lord wanted us to have him. I suppose He would have provided him. I don't know. Might be, but I wouldn't stake my life on that one. It's obvious that Samuel himself did not write First and Second Samuel, right? He died in First Samuel twenty-five. So. All right. He was, yes. But I don't think Second uh, Samuel is a prophecy. In that sense. All right. Um, that's First Chronicles. I don't think we'll do Second Chronicles quite as quickly. Um, I'll give me a reading here. Do you want to go a little bit farther before you take a break, or do you want to take a break uh, already? How many want to go farther? How many want to take a break? All right, I think the go fathers win. How many just don't even care what we're doing? Uh, yeah. All right. That could be. How many are too embarrassed to say you want to take a break? All right, we'll take a break. <laughs>